They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness. What's up, everybody? Talking Welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host for tonight, Alo Aaron Loy. I'm joining my best friend, my guy, X2 Fly, Eric Trim. Biggie, how you doing, baby? Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm I'm here like you. We're it's, it's chaos. We're back. Yes, we, yes we are. Yes, we are. After a couple weeks off, we are back. Bestie's a bestie's a pizza guy now. As always, subscribe. Dude, on. Now, I've been a pizza guy since before we know. We knew each other when I was seventeen. I went fifty six days in a row with pizza as a major meal. Oh man, most oh man, the health the health kick that you're on. You come a long way. Um, it's, it's so, something. So uh, subscribe on all podcast platforms: iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and Stitcher. Ringside collectible use code and man to save ten percent off your order. All right, so. We talked about, I talked about the top of the show. We took a couple weeks off. Life just continues that life. So, it does. what have you been up to? What have you been watching? Because um, I haven't watched a bunch. Um, apparently, there's a pay per view this weekend for AEW, which I completely flew over my head because the way it's been. Wrestle Dream, heard, Wrestle Dream. I've heard nobody talk that. about it. I, <laughs> I just happened to see the, the match card on IG. Okay. Um, we got some news. That we'll get into while we were going. You want to get into a rumor about the show? I, I'll get I to that too. I'll get to that. I'll get to that too. We get to the okay. news, but uh, before we get into all that stuff, what have you done? What have you watched since we've been gone? So, really, I haven't watched much. I've been watching the weekly wrestling product. I have, outside of that, uh, two things I guess noteworthy. I, a little bit of old stuff kind of just sprinkled in watch like looking um there is a best of um for um hispanic heritage month or peacock so i've been watching that it's got some interesting matches there's a nice uh lucha six-man tag from nitro in the late 90s i watched edge versus eddie guerrero from smackdown from the silver ring apron era yeah, definitely a match good match Fire match. Mm-hmm. It ain't good match. Bite your tongue. That mm-hmm. match was fire. Yeah. Um, match like I know I watched that back then, but it's like one of those like it's like today when you watch like matches like there's great matches, but they it's so hard to almost remember them all because so many of them are good. But this this was a banger. This was a banger. And like Guerrero was the heel, and he got the standing ovation leaving the crowd, and. Uh, it was cool. Taz even put over because it was months before months where he was on Raw and had that the classic ladder match with Van Dam. Actually, that alone right there, um, I'm probably going to do it tomorrow or Friday morning. I want to go back and listen to our Raw 30th anniversary episode because I know we talked about that match. But like, I remember that being a real good episode. There's definitely some some good uh, good clips I need to go back and listen to from that. Yeah, so speaking of that Edge and Eddie match you talked about, that was from 2002. Um, it was between, because I'm guessing it was September, because they had their match at Unforgiven, 02, which we reviewed years back. I think in they the did say something about it being a rubber match, maybe. Yes, so yeah, so what ha- so It was Unfor- an ODQ match. So Unforgiven was first in September, and then the next month, that's when, we'll get to this later as well, the WWE tag team titles were introduced, and... Basically, Edge, uh, Ray, Angle, Benoit, and the Guerreros were all intertwined for like that two and a half, three month time span. So that those matches were actually really good, all of them. But the Edge and 
Eddie match was fantastic as well. Even the Unforgiven match, I remember when we reviewed that, we all loved it. So as far as like weekly product, I haven't watched a bunch, but um, because most of my time has been consumed by mainly one thing. But I also talked about this last week, last time we were here. I wanted to watch the Angle documentary, and I did complete that finally today. And my God, we have no excuse to be fat. <laughs> Work ethic. We have no excuse. Like when you watch these athletes do these, uh, we see when you see when you hear about their with the things they do to train their bodies and prepare for certain things, you're just like wow. Like like you hear all kinds of things from LeBron, from LeBron James, Kobe, Michael Jordan, but Curry goes on another level. Like the guy was a literal a literal machine. It was ridiculous. And did you watch this by the way? I did. I did okay. watch it. It was actually funny. Um, I feel like I watched it right after that episode, but maybe it was a few days. We we talked about it after we recorded that we needed to watch it. And then I think it was a Sunday. I was thinking like, man, there's something I got to watch. And my brother texted me. He has my Peacock account. He's like, did you watch the Angle documentary? And I was like, oh, it was real good. I, I had to tell him like, yo, watch the Cody one because obviously he's older. doesn't really watch the main product. So Hopefully he did watch it. I don't think he did because I think he would have had a comment. But um, I did like it. It was good. It was good. Yeah, now, I haven't watched every Cardinal documentary, but the one thing that I kind of – I really did enjoy this the most of it. They kind of like kind of shunned a lot of the WWE stuff. It was mainly about his upbringing with his family in the Olympics. More about his life than wrestling, really. Yeah. That's one thing I really did enjoy about it. A lot of – like I didn't know about the things – leading up to the Olympics and his upbringing and things like that. And then, like, of course, like, I know a little bit about his post-WWE stuff, but for him to be, like, taking all those all those drugs and just being able to knock it out the park on a consistent basis was a, was just amazing. And, like, you know, like, Kurt Angle's, like, always choked up, like, watching him get choked up, watching his wife get choked up and stuff like that. I thought it was a really great watch. I highly, I highly recommend it. Um, I kind of still favor the Cody one more, but Same. but that, that that that's but like that's not like the value in what the Angle documentary was. They're both fantastic. They're, they're different. This it's really apples and oranges. Yeah, they're both made very well, but they're very different. Yeah, very so, different. so definitely highly recommend it. And I'm gonna recommend this too to everybody, not just wrestling fans, but I watch majority of wrestlers on Netflix. Nice. I knew you would. Yeah, so I watched majority of it. I'm not finished yet. I think it's a really... You're here. Go ahead. I, I'll let you finish before yeah. I get it. I think it's a really good show. Like I said, I think everybody can appreciate it because, like, we have almost friend of the show, Al Sarvin, um, trying to bring OV, OVW to relevance. Um, OV, OVW has the lineage of working with WWE in the past with Batista, Ren Yorn, John Cena, etc., and they're trying to bring some prestige back to the company. And then um, you got the new management coming in, trying to, the investors trying to get it out, get make a profit and get more eyes on the product. I think it's a really good show. And especially like to get like, I gotta take a look at that. especially like to get like the insight on like what like indie, a real indie promotion actually is. And like, they don't shy away from anything. Like, they don't shy away from Al Snow and the new management's differences because Al Snow has that old school way of book, old school way of, of kind of like trying to book and make money. The new management has a new way to make money and things like that. And Al always has like 
his his people and his, his people from his guard. Like uh, I know uh, one of the Basham brothers was a part of OVW, the management over there, and then the new the new boss he has his people and whatever, and then like the kind of talent kind of like split on the guy. Um, Layla Gray. Who was a bat? Who was one? Who was one of Jay Cargill's baddies in AEW? She's on the show. Mahal Mahal Shera. He was at Impact when they had like this big India thing going on, but around 2016, 2017, within WWE for a hot for a hot minute, got released. And um, the show kind of like a big character on the show was Hollywood Haley J. I'm sure you saw her advertised for Icons, and a, a, a potential. And she supposedly had a WWE trial, but it, she reportedly didn't make it there for some paperwork problems but like you get a really good insight about like what they go through on a daily basis like they don't shy away from anything they show like their lifestyles their homes their personal stories um Muhammad Bali Sharer he's like the champion over there he looks like a million bucks by the way but they don't shy away from showing his his day job working for Cordoba um Hollywood Haley J working at her mom's bar Cordoba's still a thing yep they don't shy away from Hollywood Haley J working at her mom's bar at, I believe, the Holiday Inn, but it's some kind of hotel working at her mom's bar. They're showing her their kids. Um, they're not shying away from anything in this. And even, like, the I talked about, like, the different point of views of, like, Al Snow and then the new business owners within the company. So they don't really shy away from anything. I'm not done yet, but I'm interested to see how it unfolds. But we already know that. Do you know how many episodes are posted? Is it a ten? This 12? whole thing, it's it's like I think it's seven or eight episodes. I believe I'm at six, and, and like they're basically like they're trying to like build, um, like the new owners. They want to start to see profit because they're continue, continually losing money, and they they were building this summer tour, and they're kind of trying to build it up to like this big summer blow off called the big one, and that's like their their WrestleMania or SummerSlam essentially to end the summer, but. I haven't finished it yet, but we already know Layla Gray, she is eventually signed by AEW. And at this the episode I'm on now, they're trying to get a working relationship with AEW. Trying to, some of their guys have been going to dark at this point. So I'm not sure the exact timetable this was actually recorded, but as we know, Layla Gray and some others have been on AEW dark and, or signed to AEW television. But that's pretty much what I really watched. Oh, one, one, one more thing. I talked about this a couple of years ago. Um, it's wrestling, wrestler related. John Cena, a couple of years ago, was in a movie called Vacation Friends, uh, which I really touted to you. Now, Vacation Friends 2 came out maybe a, a few weeks ago. It's not good. I do not recommend it. It is nowhere near the first one. It's not funny at all. Big Matt John in it? Yes, he is. He returns okay. it for his role. It's nowhere near the first one. So if you ever watch it, just watch the first one, everybody. Don't even well, bother before, the second one. Before I, I circle back to air quotes, uh, watching uh what we've been recently watching the um have you watched all the fast and furious movies um i i started fast x yesterday so you've seen f9 yes no actually so, you know what i fell asleep on f9 after the complete ridiculousness <laughs> that was going on uh, so <laughs> i the og fast and furious i remember seeing that in my cousin's house like born bootleg I remember seeing Two Fast, Two Furious at my cousin's house on bootleg. Same cousin's house, same bootleg provider. I saw Tokyo Drift with the love of my life. <laughs> Actually, 
in the movie theater that is currently where I work now at a car dealership. Um, but then literally, so that'd be the third one out. I saw the fourth, fifth, sixth in theaters. Then saw them multiple times on TV or at home or on demand, whatever, whatever. I was under the impression I was like up to date and like seen everything but Hobbs and Shaw and like the newest one. And I re-binged them recently and I'm going through them and I was like, oh wait, I didn't see seven. I didn't see eight. I just, so then I watched Hobbs and Shaw. So I got to watch nine and 10. So I'm about to get into Cena's debut in this world to keep it a little wrestling related. Hobbs and Shaw, I remember that got like some weird, like positive reviews. That thing's awful. <laughs> I, I mean, like maybe for all the wrong reasons, like I know like the shit, like, like you said, the ridiculousness, cool to see Reigns in it. But if you watch the rocks debut character and then you watch what he becomes and then you got Cesaro in here wilding <laughs> out and like, this man was in a hospital killing the world, and then now all of a sudden he's saving it. It's just is 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 something. Well, but F F nine's like the little bit of a tricky one. All of them are on Peacock and Netflix except F nine. You, I gotta like watch it on Freezy or buy a DVD from Walmart, and then I can watch F ten on Peacock. So, the, what you said about the Rock from what his character was to what it became, you can say that about every character in this franchise. <laughs> Like maybe Vin Diesel stayed a little more consistent. To yeah, an, to yeah. Some family, extent. family, <laughs> family. That's it. But other than that, <laughs> it's completely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. If you go back, to go, oh. go, if you go back to Too Fast and Furious, Ludacris as Tej was not some tech guy. Doug. He, he was a thug. Then he was a geeky. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ro- Roman, Roman, stayed the same. He could stay completely Roman ridiculous. Swap, yeah. He could, he stayed completely ridiculous. Um, uh, but everybody else out the window. What a uh, F9, I'll tell you right now, you can skip it. <laughs> I, I, gotta, I gotta see it. I, it's, it's at this point, especially after I just binge them all, I gotta see it. I gotta see it. Yeah. But um, you're gonna but come... back, to, back, back to what I've been watching. Necessarily, hasn't been a lot to, I've been watching, but I have, um, because there has been some TV shows that I was uh, binging. And that's another time, another podcast. Uh, I literally just watch all nine seasons of Suits, watch a couple other TV shows, a few movies. But um, I've been listening. I've been listening to a lot of stuff. Been, you know, I, I listen to Busted Open, the podcast version, almost daily. Um, several shows over the last year I've had to unsubscribe to just because of these god-awful co-hosts. And I don't want to get on my soapbox and bury a couple of people, but right now might be that time. Uh, I inscribed to Road Dog well over a year ago. Nah, probably just about a year ago. His host was up there. He, he's on the Mount Rushmore of worst co-hosts of all time. Um, Kevin Nash, I absolutely love him, but his You Shoot interview co-host guy, awful, terrible. I don't know if that guy's name is Matt Coon or whatever the hell his name is, but he's the fucking worst. Um, I still listen to Matt Hardy and a testament to Matt Hardy. Who's like a guy that like, I know you love him, but he's not somebody that's touted as like a promo guy, but he has a awful co-host and still somehow makes a decent podcast. <laughs> like he, I'm telling you, I don't think I'm thinking back to a year and a half ago when I went to when I went to Icons and I met the Hardys and got uh, like 
got their signature. I'm trying to think like his his podcast co-host couldn't have been there because I would have fought him. <laughs> He's so bad. I literally think like he almost like lightly and like they can't be close enough friends. Like, I feel like he almost buries Matt in some little tangents. Um, but also aside from that, what I've been listening and trying to keep it a little positive, a lot of the um, I've been listening to someone the the um, insight downloaded for podcasts and I've watched some of the YouTube videos of uh, Chris Van Vliet's recent okay. ones. The one mm-hmm. he did with Van Dam. Uh, the one he just did with X-Pac. There was two other ones I just watched. But Dan, I like, obviously, I think anybody in the wrestling realm knows that guy is such a good, good interviewer. Yep. We all know Conrad is. And, like, I hate to, like, put over wrestlers, but, like, when it comes to, like, the wrestling interviewer, like, the Rushmore's got to be Austin, Jericho, Conrad, and Van Vliet. Yeah. Like, they don't miss. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was, you know, obviously we'll get to my segment accolade act later. And, you know, there's one, well, you know, one day we'll get to an episode where it'll be like, you know, everyone always talks about like who should have won XYZ world title and never did. Or like the people that didn't win a tag title, but like, you know, we could go through almost every championship. Like somebody should have won this, should have won this. They even talk to, uh, he just talked to Sean Waltman about, you know, how he should have been Intercontinental Champion. And Sean said, he's like, I, I, you know, I should have, whatever, but for what it's worth, I made more money than Champion. And, like, you know, my Marquette, all I'm thinking is, holy shit, he's the only person in DX, all of DX. China won it. Everyone won the IC title. He's the only one also in the clique that didn't win that. But, like, it's real good, the stuff. Like, uh, oh, he did he did an interview with Maven. So good as well. I, I want to see so, that one. The Maven one is really good. I'm telling you, um, you're better off almost listening to the podcast because I feel like when I watch it on YouTube, I get distracted and I miss something for a second. And then I'll see a clip the next day on Instagram. And I'm like, wait, this was in the thing. And then I just I'll download it and I'll skim and find this segment because he, he had a brief story about like Maven has a story about when he won the ice, uh, the hardcore title from Taker about like him taking the, the belt to uh, a bar in his hometown and like you know marking out with him and he said that like you know he was a dick he was making all this money so he pulled up on the curb and like parked on the curb so he's in the bar getting lit and he goes and he throws the 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 belt back in the trunk and his car comes gets towed so he had he has to like make a bunch of calls he's like i'm in a small town college town and he said small town college town. i'm thinking of my town so I'm sitting here and I'm like, he's got, he's calling around, figuring out where it's at. And he gets a hold of someone. He's like, I need my car. I need to get in it. I don't care if I even get it, but I'll pay whatever it is. And I'll give you $500. I need to get this belt out of there. So all he's worried about is he needs to get the belt because he had to be at uh, either a house show or a TV the next day. Crazy. Amazing. But yeah, great stuff. I recommend any of those uh, recent interviews from Chris Van Vliet. You'll definitely get if. You were even moderately a fan of these people. You'll get some great knowledge. I almost, I know last night when I was listening to the Van Damme one, I watched it on YouTube. So I know I'm going to pop that in or in, um, or in the podcast app. Yeah. So I don't know if you remember, but I touted, I, I was drinking the juice as a kid and I love Maven. What, top 10 theme songs of all time, too, by the way. 
Um, oh, oh, wait till you listen to the opening of the podcast. Oh, really? <laughs> You're say that. Top wait till you listen to the wall, Top 10 theme songs of all time. And um, I'm he listen- won't agree. Really? Chris will. Chris will okay. agree. Love, love Maven growing up. Uh, who would have thought he wins one hardcore title, he thinks he's Ric Flair. Parking anywhere the hell he wants. <laughs> but, but I'm going I'm, I'm to listen to it. I really am. Because I, I, like, you know, like, one, like, I remember one, uh, Icons, wasn't he like in the back, like doing something, some wrestling dating app or some shit like that? Yeah. One, and then like all of a sudden, like he pops up on the major pod and things like that. And like all of a sudden, he has like a YouTube channel and one of his videos is, almost hits like a million views or something like that. So it's like, what's up, Maven? So I'm, I kind of want to hear from Maven. You know, I, I, yeah. I, I, I always loved Maven growing up as a kid. Um, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm going to bring up what you were kind of alluding to about Russell Dream happening this weekend. There's a rumor going around that Tony Khan has purchased New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, thoughts? Oh, man. Um, so mixed. Like, if, if it's true, I think it's cool. Uh, I feel like there's... I see good and bad. Like, I feel like coming out of COVID, there's so much stuff that, like, New Japan has felt backwards. Like, New Japan was really hot 2015 to 2019. And I feel like they never got the gas back in them. And it didn't help that they butchered the way the world title looks. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I think it's cool, but at the same time, I think it's I think it's too much. Um, three companies to run? Biggest belt mark in the world. New Japan's got a lot of championships. I also like it's a different culture, a different world. Like I don't think Tony can go over there and book. I could see him like he has said in a few interviews recently that like if he died, he would want if something happened to him, he would want like Brian Danielson to be like the booker for AEW. So like I think if he would buy New Japan, he would have to set somebody up as the booker right away. Now, again, I just started this comment off with, like, calling myself the biggest belt mark. Well, last week on Rampage, the Hung Bucks beat Brian Cage and the Mogul Embassy for the Ring of Honor six-man tag titles. And Nick Jackson came out in a triple threat match, and he didn't bring his belt. Matt Jackson came out in a triple threat match, didn't bring his belt. The main event showed Hangman and um, Swerve Strickland. And he didn't come out with his belt. I don't even think, like, the commentary talked about them just winning the belts, but they weren't introduced as it. So, like, there's so much they're not doing with Ring of Honor. As much, like, they're doing stuff, but not enough. So, easily, you can argue New Japan is a bigger brand than Ring of Honor. You can't buy New Japan and... I don't know. I just look at it like they're not doing enough of Ring of Honor at this point. If they buy New Japan, like they got to do something big with it. All right, so I'm going to agree with you. What? What? I, I'm pretty much going to agree with you. He can't buy New. If he buys New Japan, he, he's having a hard time running the two, the one or one and a half companies he has now, because AW sometimes is a mess. Ring of Honor, who knows what the fuck's going on over there? And New Japan, this is the one thing I'll give it. It's his own entity. It doesn't matter in the U.S. It's his own entity. That's the one thing I will give it. Like you can do whatever the hell you want over there, but it's still gonna be number. One. It's gonna still gonna be king in Japan. Now, the one thing that I've always hit on, and a lot of people hit on this as well, 
is that the continuity, and you just talked about it. The hung bucks with the six mans, you don't see them with the belts. Or whatever. Um, all the time on AEW television. Sometimes they want to acknowledge the New Japan titles. Sometimes they don't. One week they will, one week they don't. One time you see them on the belt, and they won't. Like There has to be some kind of continuity with yeah. that. And That's a real good point. It, it, it just has to, because it's not like... Like, if you like it as a viewer, because you know what the fuck's going on, and Eric Bischoff or whoever, like, these people who run companies, they've all said it when it comes to that. Like, you can't really do that to your audience. It's just like, you can't be sometime. It has to be, it has to be a con- consistency. And that's the one thing that they've been completely inconsistent with in, a- in AEW. Like, it's like, they're catering to their audience, and that's fine, but you kind of got to cater to everybody. Now, if he runs, say, if he runs, if he buys New Japan, and um, I don't know how he's gonna, who's who's he gonna have run it, or whatever. I'm not sure if the same people will still be empowered out of booking over there, or whatever. But it'll be better if if he can just keep it the continuity. I think it'll be fine, but yeah. still kind of keep it separate from everything separate that it sure. is now. Like you want, or like do do the mile intertwining, like yeah. The other thing that bothers me is because, like, I feel like it's one of those things. Now, again, you can argue, like, obviously it got real big over the past four or five years. Bullet Club has been a thing for 10 years. But, like, before 10 years ago, factions really – and you can argue because, you know, I had a six, seven-year wrestling viewership hiatus. But, like, a faction – and I ain't telling you no trios. A faction hasn't been a – weren't a thing for a long time in nope. wrestling. Nope. You had it in evolution and it went away for a long time. Then you had Bullet Club. And then, like, my thing is, like, in New Japan, I feel like it's almost going to, I don't want to say diminish, but, like, they got the United Empire. And, like, I don't know how many members are in it. Maybe there's six, maybe there's eight, maybe there's nine. But there's a tag team that's going by United Empire. The faction's called United Empire. That faction or that tag team didn't like their shake in New Japan, didn't like their contract, so they signed with AEW. Will Ospreay is the leader of this group. Will Ospreay is the leader of the group in New Japan. But now he's also being built that he's in the Don Callis family. So it's like, like you're saying, continuity. Like he's being booked that he's almost in two factions. Also, like the other thing is like that you had um, Shane Taylor at all out defend, uh, challenge for the Ring of Honor world title. My biggest gripe, not to go in two directions, like they do again as the biggest AEW show. Like I just wish I like to think I'm a pretty hardcore wrestling fan, but like there's so much indie stuff I don't know about. Like Shane Taylor was challenging for Samoa Joe. Well, if you're a hardcore AEW fan, you just watch AEW, AEW, and you decide I'm, I'm watching this pay per view. You had no idea who this guy was that was challenging Samoa Joe mm-hmm. for this championship. You probably know minimal about. Well, right now I just watch like I, I, I'm, you know, I got Dynamite replaying in the background with the volleyball. The Righteous as a tag team, they're probably I'm going to argue on AEW TV, and I don't know how many. I guess it's just two people. I don't even know it's Vincent and someone else. Um, they may be getting booked the best of anyone from ring of honor because I'm already, I'm already recognizing their theme song. It's a little Bray Wyatt esque. It's a banger. The promos hit. They just had, they had a little promo and it's 
you know, really stabbing at uh, MJF and Adam Cole. But, you know, again, there's so much Ring of Honor stuff that's just being left untapped. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, it was one thing to happen at All Out. But again, at this Wrestle Dream, like, again, maybe it's a dream about wrestling per se, but it's another, it's a, the a two pay per views in a row. We got a Ring of Honor tag. The Ring of Honor tag title was being defended because MJF holds one of those, and not the world title, the AEW world title. Two pay per views back to back. I'm going to do a double disc. That's two WWE for me. What? With the world title not being defended on a pay per view back to back. I mean, I, I feel like take TK, talk, especially when, when they had just four pay per views a, a year. Now they're 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 you know knocking on six or seven. But like to not defend the world title in a pay per view, that don't fly. Yeah, well, at least you're going to see the champion, but he's also a tag team champion. But even the match that he's he's in, it's not main event worthy. We'll put it. We'll put yeah. it that. We'll put it that. Yeah. We can put it that way as well. So, like, as long as he makes him, if he does buy it, as long as he well, brings continuity together, that's all. That's all I can ask for. Just so you know, because I'll get your most live reaction. As of right now, it is being advertised because Adam Cole's ankle is shattered. Oh, I, I I saw that. So they, he wanted to forfeit the titles. MJF was saying, "Now nah, I'll defend them in a handicap match." Um, cool. I almost thought we were gonna get like a tease that maybe like Roderick Strong would fill in for him. Doesn't seem to be the case. Um, at the end of Dynamite, we had MJ, we had four people masked up, suited up, and like all black jumping Jay White and then we had MJF as the fifth man with the devil mask back in backstage which if you haven't watched the, the promo off between these guys I have nothing but good things to say about this promo off because I will tell you the past maybe three weeks Dynamite has ended poorly now we ended off not with a match we ended off with a contract signing between Swerve and Hangman and then it went backstage to this with a great cliffhanger. Best best exit for the show in quite some time. But um, I, I, there's a lot to look forward to that. A lot of meat on the bone. Okay. So I'm going to look, look, look into that. So do you know what today is? <laughs> today is the, the 27th of September, Wednesday. <laughs> No, it's open mic night, bitch. So, Jade Cargill has officially signed with WWE. Um, I would like your thoughts on that. But first, I would like your unbiased opinion about her run in AEW. Uh, But first, you want my unbiased opinion. My unbiased opinion is she's a star. Um, She was green in the ring. And I think she advanced quickly. I think she actually overall did pretty well in the ring. I think she may have remained a little protected because they wanted to hold up her undefeated reign and not have her get injured. Um, She's a star. She made that championship matter. Um, She will forever be associated with the title. I also think as a male – she is literally like the first person or the second person coming to mind when I think of a hot 
fucking fitness <laughs> woman. She is, with all due respect, gorgeous, hot as hell. She is beautiful. I love her. I, and if she, I'm saying she's number one. Rhea's number two. Like, those, those are the two most gorgeous, like, in-shape women I've ever seen. Now, but, go about her signing. I think it's awesome. Good for her. Um, I, in a fantasy world, I did really, really want to see her versus Mercedes Monet, formerly known as Sasha Banks. I did want to see that outside of Vince's world. Um, put the machine behind her. You know, if, if, I doubt she's going to go to Orlando. No, she's going to show up on the main roster. I hope she keeps her name. And uh, I think nothing but big things are going to come for her. All right. So the, before I t- uh, say, give my take, there, there was a rumor going around about, about uh, WWE trademarking the name Jada Parker. They did, and but it's not her. It goes, it's to, some it's new a little recruit, shorty in the biz you know, act. Who kind of favors her a little bit. But um, She a baddie. Yeah, she is. So I'm going to echo a lot of you said. Now, as far as like her and AEW, her star outshined what they did with her. If you if you kind of understand what I'm saying, so I think we can both agree the AEW women's division majority of the time has been has been booked terribly, especially like in that early go. Serena Deeb. Something's going on with her. I saw recently as well, but her star outshined her booking. Because even though they gave her that the TBS title, the TBS title, it was nothing. Um, she really had no, like, her, the most memorable feud she actually had was with Bow Wow. And I love Bow Wow. But <laughs> the most memorable. You are Bow Wow. What was that? You are Bow Wow. Bow Wow's a legend. Um, but the most memorable. <laughs> the most memorable thing she did as a champion was, feud wise, was that. Now, that woman is a star. She is money. She looks like money. She's a beautiful woman. And they left so much on the table. I this will never I will never understand this. Why she was never positioned to be in the AW Women's Championship scene. Why TK didn't ha- her and Britt Baker had one interaction the entire time. And that was in a backstage segment. They had no match. Very little interaction. Your two biggest characters, not even basically stand going face to face. That for what it's worth to chime in. Sorry to cut you off, but like she made that like as much as you're saying like the TBS title did nothing for her. She made that title. Like if it wasn't for her, the women's t- woman. Think about anybody else, and, and this is where like really to put her over. Think about any other woman on that roster. If they would have gave them the TBS title for a year, like she had it, it wouldn't matter. You would have forgot there was two women's championships. So, like, to not put her in a feud with the women's championship or, or the women's champion, she she held the title all the way up to she lost it, disappeared, came back, did good business to give somebody a clean, cleaner win. And then go out. She really went out in a really respectable way, in my opinion. But, like, I think not putting her with Brett or not putting her against a women's champion, 
I think TK, in his defense, I think he was probably playing the long game. He probably thought he had her for longer than he had her. So, I might have misspoke, but I'm not downplaying her at the champ because I know she made that title. I know okay. she did. I was just saying that out of that you title, misspoke. there was no, like, money feuds. It wasn't. She was just on her streak the entire time, which is fine. Now, I think she's improved. I think she's pretty good on the mic. And like I said, she grabs your she grabs your attention. And they didn't really put the machine behind her because like I just said, if he wants to win the long game, I don't know what took him so I don't know what the hell he was waiting for for as far as a long game. I, I, I really don't. Just like and then it's interesting because right after she leaves, Britt Baker challenges for the TBS title. It, 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 it's strange. It, it's strange. Like, well, maybe there was something that maybe they didn't get along. I don't, I, no. I we won't know. We, I've never, I've never re- heard that. Or yeah, neither that. have I. Neither but have I. Honestly, what I think it really, I think, I think there's a bad speculation and, and I could see why anybody would make it, but also look, look at it like this. Chris Statlander, I think has had two, two championship defenses. She's the second champion. She's, Short, long tangent. She's the second champion. Her reign has to matter because she's ended jaded. So she's had like two random defenses. So you got Britt Baker, arguably the greatest AW Women's Champion ever. They had a great match at Penn State. So her going over on her did so much for Chris. Britt's bulletproof. So she had that. Then she got another victory over Jade. She's looking great. But also this weekend, she's going against Julia Hart. I'm praying she loses. Julia Hart's on fire right now. So, I mean, there's Brit, – Britt was helping her more, you know. And I, I think, if anything, that oh, – also, you got to remember, Chris and Britt, they're both they, – they get along. Like, they get, like, they're AEW day one. So – Britt also probably saw the value in putting her over. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I got, I got to give you that rub. Like, you were injured, missed it for a time. Like, she knows what's up. Well, also, like, I believe it was on All Access or it might have been on an interview with Wrestling Classic. I know Britt Baker says she 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 doesn't plan on being champion again for a very long time. She, it's For her, it's all about uplifting the division at this point. Boom. Um, but, I hate when I'm right. But as far as, like... Like that that Jade thing is like, like I can go back and forth because you put Britt against Thunder Rosa right away, you put Britt against Paige right away, um, and you continue to go right back. The Thunder the Thunder Rosa thing is hot again. You go right back to that. So I I, I don't know. We go all speculate until something else comes out, but we go all speculate. But that was like left like those were your two stars in the division, and they never crossed paths except that one time in the backstage. Segment now, as far as WWE, they're going to shoot her to the moon. I have this this wild thought because WWE they basically made NXT into their universe now, so it's like they kind of view NXT on the same level, and they're like going out their way to kind of like promote that she's at the Performance Center right now. Like they've been touting that all week. NXT has a pay per view this this weekend. Becky Lynch is the champion. I can see Jay beating Becky Lynch. Well, Becky's facing Tiffany Stratton on this weekend. But I can see Jay coming in, going over on Becky eventually. It wins the NXT title and still win the Royal Rumble. 
and go on to face either Charlotte or Bianca at this year's Wrestle well next year it's upcoming WrestleMania. Damn, you really jobbing Rhea out. I, She's not even in the convo. Or Rhea, whatever whoever's the champion. I could see Woo! I cause they made a big deal about this. I no, because I think this they made a big deal about this because it, it, this is a big deal. I agree. I'm just not like you jobbing because Rhea out. because this like this is the first homegrown talent that jumped and MJF was talking about this last last year. It's almost time for the bitter war of 2024. Because MJF's gonna be up soon. And this is and MJF is a Cody guy. So we kind of got it like this. Is a well, big... are we talking NXT? I mean, he didn't jump, but there's also another AEW. This is, you could argue this is the third AEW person also going at the same time. Who? Who's, this, who's the second? Brian, Brian Pillman Jr. Oh, yeah. And they're actually building Did him. Did you see that promo? I've heard I didn't see it yet, but I heard about it. Everybody yeah. loved it. But they're already Dude, building him better than AEW did. I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. I didn't watch NXT. I saw clips of it when I was at Suplex. Bro, just go to his page. Look at tagged videos. I should have just forwarded you because there's one beautifully edited where they added something to it from uh, his father's ECW run. Mm-hmm. Dude, it, it's, it's fire. They're, I, I'm already picturing him with the NXT North American title. Like, There's only – again, as the AEW show – WWE is going to do so much more with him. Oh yeah, so absolutely. Much more, so much, but like, good or good, bad or indifferent. Like, I feel like W. Like, I feel like if AW didn't exist, they would probably look at oh yeah, Brian Pillman's son, and like just kind of like, uh, yeah, he can go wrestle in Japan, like whatever. He can do whatever ring about it, just leave it. But like, he had he had some moments. He had a lot of TV time in AEW, so I feel like they're like they're like okay, we'll show you what you can do with him. Yep. And um, Tommy Dreamer made a real good point on Busted Open. Like he potentially could have one of the greatest pro wrestling stories ever. If like you think of like pro wrestling, arguably killed his dad, and you like you grew up without your father. You put yourself through wrestling to like pay homage to him. Like young age, bought yourself your first car, did everything on your own with like no money. He he's got potential to a really good story. Oh yeah, for sure, absolutely, absolutely. And like from what I saw from that promo, well, from from the reaction I saw from that promo, it was like like probably more than what AEW did with him. Oh, uh, it's yeah, it's. It's good. I'm excited. I'm excited for that. Yeah, but back it's going to make me tune in the next day. Is all I can. But say. back to the J. Well, you should because the best book show on television. But as I keep saying, they're going to push Jade to the moon. That machine is going to be right behind her. She's going to be a star. And like I said, like anybody in the world is going to be behind her if they can. <laughs> or I'm telling you right now, but this, this is huge. And like I said, the bidding war for MJF that's coming up supposedly, but. This Jade thing, she's going to the moon. The machine's gonna be behind her, and I I can't wait to see what ha- what actually happens. I'm really looking. I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm like the, the the character outshines the wrestler in WWE. They're gonna do it. The, they're gonna do the best job to make that woman a star. And even her in ring work will will become. I, I hope impe- wherever she amazing. is on the Mania card this night too. Yeah, likewise. Likewise. All right. So, one more thing before we get into Accolade Eck. Uh, a few weeks ago, while 
we weren't here, The Rock showed up on the Pat McAfee show, and The Rock mentioned that him versus Roman Reigns was a handshake deal that was supposed to happen last year, well, this past year at WrestleMania, but they could not agree to a storyline because they wanted more than just one match out of this. So, my question to you, do you think that was some seeds to lead to WrestleMania this upcoming year? I don't. Um, I did. I was overly fantasy booking. My man's been we're not going to intend. He, you know, it's it's really funny that like we really, and maybe maybe I'm speaking as a minority. I know he goes away. I know he's been like so heavily in um, Hollywood, but like since I got back into wrestling, you know, he came back, hosted WrestleMania in 2011. Had some matches 2012, 2013. Hasn't wrestled in 10 years. And it's been 10 years. It's crazy to think it's been longer since he has had a match now than when he came back at WrestleMania 27 and was like, I haven't wrestled in seven years. It's crazy to think that gap is that much longer now because it felt like ever since I became a fan again, he's kind of always been there. I'll come back, I'll get the mic, and I'll, you know, me and whatever. Like, you know, here's the tease, here's the tease. Um, mixed feelings about that thing with Pat McAfee. I mean, the surprise of SmackDown was amazing. Amazing. So good. Um, if you're following, like, the storyline on SmackDown, I'm starting to – I was starting to think there was a chance. I was thinking very 2012, 2011 Survivor Series-esque. John Cena needs a tag partner. He's tagging with The Rock to face Truth and Miz. I'm thinking Cena needs a partner. AJ's knocked out. The Rock's going to be his partner, and he's going to face his bloodline. He's going to face Jimmy and Solo. Hey, look, it, you know, right or strike, if he's going to be in a, a tag match, it should be against two of his cousins. That's not what's going to happen. Cody's going to be his partner. It's going to be Cody and Cena versus two of the – you know, two guys from the bloodline. Um, obviously, I want the story finished. I want it finished in Philly. I want it on night two. I want Cody holding the strap. I don't know. Is there a chance The Rock is is going to be facing Roman? Yeah. January of 2015, the Rumble, Roman holding, or The Rock, Roman's hand being held by The Rock. We thought there was going to be a chance that match would be happening then. We're talking eight years later. It still hasn't happened. About to be nine years later. So I, I really don't know what to think. Yeah, I don't know what to think either. But like him saying that kind of got my like my mind my mind going here because like we kept hearing last year, like you were at Raw 30, for example, and I believe the rumor I believe there was supposed to be like a tribal court or something like that, or something that was advertised that didn't well no tribal court happened. There was supposed to be something else that was supposed to happen, but it didn't go through. There was supposed to be something else other yes. So, like, that was one thing that people were talking about that could lead to The Rock or whatever. But I think at this point, I don't know how they'll build the story out of it. But you kind of still can because you have the time. But if there was a time to do it, it was last year. It, um, there was that. And then you also, we all thought during the pandemic era, during the Thunderdome era, like, the time where the Wild Samoans came out and put the lay on Roman 
and said, as a bloodline, we're acknowledging you. You figure, okay, well, who else is in this bloodline? Yeah. Who's alive? Yeah. And, and, and like, rock one day. and you talked about the, 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 um, the actor strike. Well, the writer strike is over. Um, yeah, that's another reason why that match ain't happening. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. I'm not mad about it. Yeah. The, well, the writer strike is over. They're, they're thinking that the actor strike will be over pretty soon. But The Rock, he lost a lot of he lost he he took a lot of L's this year. So if he needs some money, you know you know, he knows where the money is. Then the XFL fell. Then he goes back to Fast and the Furious franchise for the next movie. I think it was reported. Is XFL done again? XFL done? I do not know, but I know he, I believe he lost like ten million dollars, and I do know that he is returned to the Fast and Furious franchise for the next movie. Um, so own say, don't say, trace say. So there, so there is money on the table if you, if you need to recoup Rocky. All right, so we're gonna jump right into the accolade X segment. I've been all right. So finally, we've been trying to get this segment out. So this week's accolade X is about the WWE Tag Team Championship, the SmackDown version from 2002 to 2010, 11, 10, 10, 10. Yep, eight-year eight run. Beautiful, beautiful championships. And I don't want people to be just solely thinking about Stephanie's fake knockers when you think about her introduction to these belts. She did a great job with that and with that uh, WWE's version of the United States Championships. But enough of my perv humor. Um, these belts, again, these Belts are beautiful. This was setting a tone, dividing from the the classic world tag titles and giving SmackDown their own version. Uh, Aaron, I'm going to lean on you a lot for this segment. Now, again, I picked these belts really because of the beauty of these belts. The history of of these belts, the eight-year lineage, you know way more about it than I do. Um, Before we get into our thoughts on it, do you have any any comments at least about the design or the introduction of these belts? Yeah, I never liked these belts. Oh wow! I, okay. I, I, I was I wasn't. I always thought you were a fan of them. You mm-hmm. just really like you like you like the raw one. I like the raw or one. You didn't like yeah. either. One. I was never like I was one. never a fan of this style of belt. Um, I always was, thought you liked both. No, no, it was always the the the, the raw version. Um, because I was always a fan like the raw the raw the raw ver- the raw world tag team title. It, it resembles the undisputed title. Um, I was always a fan of that version, but this one, when they like took like, I was like these cause they looked like the, at the time, the counterpart, the world, the, you know, the world tag belts, the classic one, yeah, no, 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 but just with it, blue. It, it threw me off. Like the blue, it threw yeah. me off. I was never a fan of these belts at all. Um, cool. a bad era of tag team wrestling. Cause WWE, they kind of did away with mm-hmm. it for the most part to like, I'll say right now, my Mount Rushmore and who I think of are the same teams. Okay. Um, like, listen, tag team wrestling was really dead, so you got, like, a lot of odd tag teams that I'm sure you want to ask me about or I'll even bring up myself, but not never a big fan of the belts, the tag these tag team titles in particular. So I don't know if we're going to have the exact same list or our list is going to be completely opposite. I do think two of our four will probably be the same. I want to go first because, again, I'm a fan of the, not necessarily the lineage of these belts. I love the look of these belts. I think these belts are beautiful, in my opinion. I did have a replica of them at one point. I wonder if Biggie Dan still has it. I know I sold <laughs> him at one point. Um, 
I remember meeting Chavo Guerrero, just grabbing a quick pick with him. And he saw we had at the Mad Madness table at Icons of Wrestling back in like 2017. And he, he was like, this is the only belt he's ever won. He didn't have a replica version of. So that was actually a pretty cool uh, a conversation. But um, again, not not being there for the lineage. I remember when, when these were debuted and I became a – I think I was there for maybe a year, two years max – and then by the time I got back into wrestling, they were about six months retired. Um, being that they were retired, I want to go – I don't even necessarily – I will mention who I think of afterwards after you give your – who you think of who your Rushmore. I'm going to start with my Rushmore. I'm going to start from the bottom. I'm going to go with Brian Kendrick and Paul London. I'm going to go them for the obvious reason because up until the New Day, they had the longest tag title reign. So – they held the belts for a long time. They had to done something right, and they got to be someone that is synonymous with these belts over the lineage of their eight years. Any thoughts on Brian Kendrick and Paul Lundin? They're on my list, and okay. they, that that's a tag team that doesn't get the just due because, like I said, like they did away with tag team wrestling. They had almost a year title reign, but they didn't really have like a bunch of competition because remember these were were specifically on SmackDown, so like. If you ever go through like the 2006, 2007 pay-per-view cards, you're going to see like some some really odd tag teams. Like you'll see um, Casey James and Idol Stevens. Idol Stevens is Damian, Damian Sandow. Um, I was about to say, I don't know who either uh, of the, the pay- Wait, wait, wait. This is Damian Sandow? Idol Stevens was Damian Sandow. That was his first okay. name, Idol Stevens. Um, you'll see um, William Regal and Paul Birchall. Um Deuce and Domino. Um, Deuce and Domino. They held these belts. I mean, yeah, they're correct? the ones who beat. They're the ones who beat London and Kendrick at, okay. on like the second try, almost cl- close, like closer to their one year reign than it almost was. I believe they beat them like in because yeah, London and Kendrick. They would have won that. They would have been one year in May. Deuce and Domino beat them in April on an episode of SmackDown. Um, who else did they face? It's like the Pitbulls, Jamie Jamie Noble and Kid Cash. There's like a, a lot of weird random tag teams, but them as a tag team, London and Kendrick, they stood out and they were a definitely underrated tag team. And then after they dropped the titles, they got drafted to Raw. They won the world tag team titles at a house show, but dropped Which, them the next night at a at a house show to Miz. Is and that Morrison. when Paul or Kendrick was Kendrick a streaker at some point? A streaker, or is that before that? Before, before. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, enough enough on them. I'm gonna go to my. Next team again, going reverse order. This is I have them in the third spot. And the Dudley boys, I had the Dudleys because, again, probably not the right people to assess these belts. However, I believe this is their a shorter reign for them. But the reason I'm putting the Dudleys over actually, I don't think the Hardys, Hardys, uh, Hardy boys, Matt or Jeff. I know Matt won this design, but. The Dudleys won these belts. They won the WWE World Tag Belts, the other Raw Ruthless Aggression Tag Belts. Again, we can go into the classic Attitude Era Tag Belts, WCW, ECW. The Dudleys held them all, multiple different designs. I had to put them on the Rushmore for these because, again, for me, I specifically don't have a lot of people I associate with them, but it's cool to know that the Dudleys held three different versions of WWE tag, Tag Titles. Yeah, Dudley's are not on my list. My one and two, I think, will be on your list. I could be wrong. But um, number two, I got Team Angle. I have Charlie Haas and Sean Benjamin. 
Um, I when I think of these belts, I immediately think of Kurt Angle holding the undisputed um, title, and I think of Charlie Austin showing Benjamin next to him. I think of the velour jumpsuits, uh, or just the, really the the zip up with with their wrestling uh, singlets. And then number one, I might be dead wrong for, it, but I'm putting Chavo and Eddie the Los Guerreros. Okay, those two are on my list. Um, I have I have Benjamin Thos down as the world's greatest tag team, though, not Team Angle. Because um, you were son. <laughs> so, uh, so we, we basically agreed on all, on three out of four. So, like I said, mine is the same. Uh, so uh, when we were struggling to start the show, it's because I was having a hard time filling in one empty spot, and I just put the Dudleys there because I was like, oh well. Everybody knows I love the Dudleys. I'm not going to be too out of line putting them in the list. Okay, so Los Guerreros, 100% agree. World's Greatest Tag Team, excellent tag team. I don't know how much you want. Can I guess? Now, before you say the missing team, let me guess, but you continue first, your statement. Yeah, World's Greatest Tag Team, excellent tag team. They had a a banger match um, with Kidman and Rey Mysterio at Vengeance 03. Banger. They had a great ladder match with Eddie Guerrero against Eddie Guerrero and Tajiri at Judgment Day 03. Um, yeah. Uh, what's uh, Chavo? Chavo was hurt. Eddie and Ch- Tajiri held them, didn't yeah, they? Because Chavo was hurt, so Tajiri took his place. So excellent match. But that tag team ahead of his time. Um, and then I agreed with London and Kendrick, who didn't really get to just do, and they they get drafted a Raw in 07 after they dropped the titles, won the World Tag Team titles. Out of how it should, but drop them the next like the Miz and Morrison. Now go ahead and try to guess my fourth. Rey Mysterio and Edge. No. Okay. No. Eminem. I'm d- I should have known. I should have known. So again, I really just put. I gave Kendrick and London the nod because I know they had that crazy long reign. I thought about Eminem, but I really thought it had been some serious pandering. I really. Their ladder match at December to December was Armageddon. it for these belts? It was Armageddon. It was for the belts. Oh, that wasn't that wasn't a December. No, to December? they faced the Hardys at December to December, but that ladder match was at Armageddon, which was it was like a week or so apart. The ladder ah. match was at was at Armageddon 06. It was uh, Paul Burchill and Dave Taylor against London and Kendrick Hardys and Eminem. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. That's that's a solid pick. Solid pick. Yep. So, um, yeah, that that that's my four. Eminem, another amazing tag team as well. Loved Eminem growing for up. For sure. But um, London and Kendrick, they're going to get the just do for me all the time because I'm going to get talked about enough, and people forget about the world's greatest tag team because Charlie Haas is kind of MIA these days, and Shelton Benjamin just got released. For sure. Oh, and well, while we're on this topic, what a hell of a uh, release! Obviously, there's. I don't want to say forgettable names, but there's some that's not necessarily as surprising. I'm going to call our producer so we can get a soundbite from the first episode, the very first episode of Mad Madness when we went around and asked or answered who our current favorite wrestlers are. And you said, Dolph Ziggler, that poor, poor man. Yes. And he became a poor, poor man. But the thing is, when it comes to like, it's like, like what what else can he do? <laughs> it's like he's been there for like fucking. He can win big platinum. Eight, 18 years, like 
It's like there's but so much the guy can do no, at this 19 point. Nineteen and a half. Nineteen and a half. And, and and it's like and you know it's like it's kind of like it's kind of like Sheamus. Like even though Ziggler's been there for longer than Sheamus, is like when you see him, like you don't really appreciate him until he's kind of like gone or whatever. So it's just like, I, I I was doing U, U.S. title uh, research earlier. And I forgot Sheamus has won the the current version of U.S. title. Yeah, yeah, he beat yeah he beat Riddle uh, at thirty seven. But yeah, and it, I don't he barely defended it, had the mask, and then eventually dropped it. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's just like Ziggler's one of those guys. Like when he, when he's here, it's like okay, it's Dolph Ziggler again. But like when he's gone, like you're gonna appreciate him, it's just like Sheamus or whatever. Like when Sheamus is gone, like it's just like it's like you're gonna you're gonna miss him because he puts some bangers yeah. every time you see him. You just don't care because he's been there for so long. But Dolph Ziggler, he'll be missed. Um, I'm not sure what he wants to do because the guy can pretty much do anything at this point. Uh, you yeah, got Rock got, and John. already got the Brazzers offering. <laughs> you got Rock and Cena praising him. That's like the most praise you can probably get out of anybody in the, in the wrestling in the wrestling world. But like, I'm not shocked at this point. I'm, I'm just not. Yeah, it's wild. I hope the best for him. He is arguably the greatest. Like, he's like the forgotten, but shouldn't be forgotten, in the best wrestler active conversation. Yeah. And I feel like he's, like, when I say he's forgotten, like, me, honestly, like, I'm not a Will Ospreay fan, but I know that's somebody who people say it's like, that's, that he's the best wrestler. I know people say that about Okada. I know people say that about Kenny. I know people say that about AJ. I know people say that, like, Seth. I think those five people are in the conversation at all times. They're all in different worlds. And I just feel like Dolph's not brought up enough. Yeah, because... I, I, I feel like he should be the sixth man in it. Meanwhile, just so nobody forgets, Seth Rollins is the best wrestler in the world. Yeah, he's not... Dolph hasn't been, like, in, like prime position in a long time when he had the tag team run with Bobby Roode. But other than that, like, his peaks were, like, were high. It's like Vince had another shot at Shawn Michaels and decided not to have Shawn Michaels. Yeah, because, like, like, the duration of the show, it's like, like, his his reign, like, before we actually start the show, like, his 2014 was amazing. Like, when he won the Intercontinental title, then he had that, like, he, he won Survivor Series. He uh, His 2016 I, wasn't bad. It wasn't. His 2014 was my favorite run of him. And, like, even, like, the 2013, like, when he cashed in Money in the Bank, like, I got the figure on my shelf, and I yeah, don't want to get rid of it. 2013 cashes in. 2014, some prime. When Sting comes, is that 2014? Yep. Prime moments in 2014. 2015, eh, skippable. 2016, he's challenging on pay-per-views for the world title. Yeah. The WWE title, not the world title, like, Thought, you could have thought it was all there for him, but yeah, and then like, who knows? I hope the best. Yeah, like and then like the 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 feud he had with Miz um over the IC title, it was great. Like <laughs> it, it was great, but like when he when his lows were like really low, like he had the the run with McIntyre, which I sold the figure, and people, and then you know how that stuff goes. Like oh my god, it was so so underrated. Good time, no, it was it was terrible, but. It's like people like Doug, people love Dolph Ziggler. They they just do. That figure five. I, you were hyped when you got that figure. I was, I was, but like it just like I, I saw you reacted to one of my new purge figures was my TNT Cody. It doesn't fit. I got no room. 
crazy. Yeah. Go. <laughs> so what, what 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 do you have Cody wise? Just just uh just the Supreme? Uh I have the Supreme. I have the uh the I'm Super- sorry, AEW wise. Well, I, I still have them, still have the uh the, the OG, the suit, the TNTs for sale, um, and then the Supreme. But like then again, it's like all those they're not gonna fit, so I gotta get rid of it. We we might work out a trade if I see this week because I need the torso of that Cody. For what? It's the neck the neck tattoo is only on the Supreme, Unrivaled Fours Chase, and the TNT ringside. So I will I like to display because I have the Cody Supreme and I have the Walmart Supreme. Oh, you still trying to get that together? <laughs> I. <laughs> I've, yeah, no, I've been working on it for a while, but I've been wanting to figure it out for the right price, and I think I got it, something for you. Yeah, so but um, it, it's like it's, it's like I, I just gotta I gotta make I gotta let some like let stuff go, and like even yeah. now, like I'm still like redoing the top, re, trying to figure out to redo the top shelf. Like I don't want to get rid of that Dolph Ziggler or the AJ I have. Speaking of Supremes, I almost asked this before we started recording. You have, you got the Malachi Black, right? Mm, no, I don't have it. Bro, do you see what the F that's going for? I don't, but I have not seen it in stores at all. I haven't seen it in stores either. I, I saw three Britt Baker Supremes for the first time in forever today when I was I did a couple of pig hunts while I was just out there and um doing some runs. Um by the way, she's gonna be doing a signing in Philly. Is she? Suplex? Her and Ar- her and Orange at Suplex. Oh really? I, I think I I think I'm breaking ground here. Like it's not known. But this is for the listeners. This is uh, this is the early scoop. Uh, the day before Dynamite, which I believe will be the 24th of October, they will be doing a signing at, Octo- at Suplex in Philly. We will give you more details on that next week. Um, but that, that is something that is in the works. Oh man, I would love. Oh man, um, I, hmm. I was thinking for either, and I don't got nothing. But then I was like, wait, I got, I have a mock. Because I've been keeping the blood and guts that mock, so I, I'm, I think I'm going to have her. Because I got a Posca pen, I think I'm going to get one of them. Hmm. Interesting. Huh. That's tempting. Even though, I, even though I'm the most awkward person at those things, that's tempting. Uh, well, we all are. But while we're on the topic of things, I might as well get into some of my reads and pickups. I know you said you're a little light on that. I don't have anything. Nothing. So it's been a little while since we've been on. I, I think last time I went over. At, Speaking of suplex, I did. I, I got hooked up with the um, 2010 Toys R Us, 2011, 2012, whatever it was. It was Triple H, so ponytail in the suit. We're a little suit crazy. I don't think I went into these last time on the episode. I think I did. did I, I mentioned I, I did. I got the Seth Rollins in the suit? No. So I got the Seth Rollins basic in the suit because I was smart. I went to Ringside's website. I use this code M Madness. I saved ten percent on this. So Did you? Gave it to me. It, it, I got a hell of a deal on it. So I needed that. Also, I forgot I already had this. Baron Corbin mm-hmm. in the suit. You, you don't have it, that's right? No. One. No room you for it. Rusty? No room for <laughs> it. If you, if you want one. I got it for okay. you because I popped the head off it. And also, again, shout out to Suplex because I have the um, network spotlight mm-hmm. Vince McMahon Elite. I popped the head on this. So now I have an Attitude Era suited Vince. So the crazy thing is when I ordered, I used 
uh, promo code M Madness, save ten percent. <laughs> I got one of these Baron Corbins that you just saw in the package, but I already had one bagged because I needed one, and I already had one loose. Then I had a couple of them come in the mail, so I had enough where I could throw one of these Super Seven Matt Cardona heads on it. <laughs> so I got three of these technically out the box, but Bestie, if you need one, I got I got one in the package for you. It's yours if you want it. Um, other pickups, I did another uh, trade ski of the week. I got the Walmart Kenny, so doesn't give me the blue and white tights. I got these reddish ones. These give me big impact vibes. I'm thinking about him with the impact title. I think it's funny the soft goods is a black v-neck, which is like, if that's the soft goods, we got we, we need a Supreme Brian, uh, Daniel Ryan, uh, Ryan Danielson, so we can get a white, uh, white tee. <laughs> but uh, got a Supreme. It's cool to have another Supreme because you know I had two Cody's, which we were talking about, and I have the I have the Brit. It's just cool to have another male body just to kind of see what all the articulation can be. Another alternative to it. Um, last two. Boss fight, Benny Ticos. Uh, shout out to my best friend, Aaron Lloyd. I used <laughs> his phone number and I saved over a dollar. And Same I grabbed machine. this. Um, I, I put the Forbidden Figures uh, WCW TV title on it. Make it look better than it already looks. This figure's fire. Um, they did scale the height up a little bit, which I don't know if they even needed to do, but it's rated right scale with an elite. This fits right in with with your Rey Mysterio, with your D, with your uh, Dean Malenko elite, uh, with your Chris Jericho WCW basic. This is this is right in line. This figure's fire. Um, I almost want one of these. Like uh, he was out of icons a while ago, but th- this would look great. Sign um, packaging was great, and this is essentially just for the figure fans. This is essentially what the basics are going to be now mm-hmm. basically are going to have this articulation it's not going to have the torso it's going to have uh, this is going to be your, your your new basic um so we got an ultimo dragon ultimo dragon got him with the forbidden figures i got him the supreme kenny uh, a couple of the suited basics um all those essentially well ultimo dragon i bought a couple of those are some ringside pickups kenny was a trade I did pick this up today. I went on multiple figure hunts and found nothing. Uh, I did pick this up off a of shipper. They had a full case, one of everything. Sean, the DDP, the Seth, Blue Tisa. Is this your first one? Cont- contemplated Blue Tisa of this figure? Yeah. Yeah, it's the first one. So sorry for the sound for the people with the microphones on. I got King motherfucker. Fucking Harley race. Don't care that he's a king. I almost want a second one just so I can display it without the, the rope. But I may do that anyway. But the toughest motherfucker to ever deem the title pro wrestler. King Harley race. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This figure's fucking bad. Uh, I did not get the first version, the Builder Sean. I have the build of Shawn Michaels commissioner figure, but this is pretty cool. Pretty cool. So as far as pickups figure wise, um, yeah, this pretty much wraps it up. All so right. 
Oh, one last thing. Um, the, the friends of Suplex did uh, bless me with one other thing, which I didn't think I was going to get. I, I knew I would need this. I thought I needed it like a year ago. I was hoping I'd get it within the next year. I do have the modern. Oh, you finally got one. United States Championship replica belt. Uh, so shout out to Chris, Mike, Heck, Woody, and everybody over there at Suplex for hooking me up with the United States replica belt. And that's just so you can see on Skype. This thing is thick. This I can sell. It is, <laughs> it's, it's silly in comparison. I see the, I see the plates. The previous generation, but yeah, things things badass. Um, pretty cool. Then I haven't had a new belt day in a long time, so that thing's fun. May throw it on, I, I may try to get a send out strap for it since I got the thing for nothing, but um, yeah, it's it's cool. Hell of a belt. All right, so is that it? Pickup wise, hell yeah, All that's right. it. All right, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. You guys got a little scoop <laughs> unofficially. Um, so when that's announced, you'll see it on our platforms, and hope you guys show up and show out for Suplex. So, uh, as always, iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and Stitcher. Subscribe to the podcast. Use code MMAN to save 10% of your order on Ringside Collectibles. So, for X2Fly, Extra, and Bicky, I'm Aloy Aaron Lloyd. Talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they. Hop on the top rope, about to land with this elbow. Got him now, put him down right now. Hit him with the palm handle.